the, the tip of the tongue, the roof of the mouth, the lips, and the teeth. <laughs> How's everyone's hues doing? Did you get your hue check in? I'm a nice cerulean. Very nice, very nice. What's your crime coefficient? Listen, that's private information. Oh, not for long. Yeah, it's 420. Hey. That's really high. That is really high. Oh. I can't, I can't, I can't dungeon master this one. <laughs> well, welcome, crybabies, to episode five. Episode five. Five. Wow. Hi, everybody. Here we are. Five. Uh, five. I'm also, but that was probably louder for the listener. Yeah. But uh, we got, we got our mm. champagne living up to our campaign promise. Always, always. Champagne, 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 champagne. So this episode, we are going to be discussing Psychopaths, yeah. which is amazing. One of my favorite shows, honestly. I watched it initially maybe two years ago, three years ago. No, longer. Sorry. Like five years ago. Um, you could pop that baby whenever you're ready. Fuck it up, Josh. Fuck it up. In a good way. <laughs> yeah, please don't get glass in my champagne. I was like almost holding it over the laptop. That would be really bad. Oh, my eyes! <laughs> <laughs> Fill me up. I like that Everyone bring your glass to the front of the class. Yes. This is the best preschool I've ever been to. Wait. Oh. This is the no, adult preschool. No, I love this. The adult preschools in Brooklyn that they like do coloring and. <laughs> oh, do you mean like? No, but I'm saying like there's like adult there's like adult baby things for like if, if you're like a high end hipster you could like pay to have just like daytime like relaxation like you Is it basic like a kink you basically no you basically no it's like adult daycare you just sit around and color and hang out with people yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard that I was thinking, yeah I can do that in my living room yeah. there's the community people want to connect you know what that that save that for the stars on my mm-hmm. episode. Oh. You're. How can I connect to you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get Lord. there. We'll get there. We'll certainly it's been get there. Stuck in my head. Who's this? I've this watched. Hi, hey, little sis. Thank you. Little sis. Little sis. Hey, what's up, little sis? Hey, what's up, little sis? <laughs> we call them that since they burned out on acid. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> so morbid. <laughs> Horrible. Absolutely you horrendous. You had to say it in a deeper voice, too. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> it wasn't Josh so speaking. <laughs> Flashback. Since we lost them. <laughs> Never uh, been the same since the incident. I need a little more. All right, everyone, get your Hugh checks in order. Make sure your crime coefficients are at a good level. Hugh Checkman. Hugh Checkman. <laughs> We're not going to be talking about him. Um, welcome to episode five, Crybaby Anime Club. Yay. What up? Hey. What up? <laughs> um, <laughs> you're in the house with Lucifer. Uh, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have, to, I, have, I have to commit to this, but the struts. Yes, but that struts. Josh is like, who am I? <laughs> this show has fucked me up. Who am I? Who am I? Uh, I'm MK. I'm Olivia. I'm Hannah, Petit Prince. Yay! 
Um, so I guess just to start us off, a couple like production notes about what Psychopaths is. Um, it is a, at lol, I didn't even write down what year it came out in. <laughs> 2012? Um, 14? Yeah. Something yeah, 2012. No, I did write it down. It was just like far down there. Um, okay, so for our listeners, the show ran originally from October 12th, 2012 to March 22nd, 2013. It is crimey. It is cyberpunk. It is dystopian. There's a whole bunch of shit going on in there. Um, the directors include uh, Nayoshi Shiotani and Katsuyuki Matoshiro. Um, the writer for the show was Jen Urobuchi, which for people, if you want to like see where that meshes into other anime, was also the writer for Puella Magai. Uh-oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. Madoka Magica. Yes. The original? Yes. 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 Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or possibly contributed. I was... I don't know. I was in the production notes that I was reading. Um, I mean, it's dark, morbid, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, I mean, the rest of the stuff you could read when we make a post about it. But I think the only other thing of interest is that the production, uh, the studio that, that put it out, Production IG, um, for a Western audience, if you have never seen any anime put out by that, you might not realize that the very anime clip in Kill Bill was made by the same production studio oh. when they're giving the um, the background for, uh, I forget, for Lucy Liu's character. Mm. I have to um, see that movie. Never seen it. It's so good. Yes. Highly recommend watching <laughs> it. It's, it's one of those, like, I've seen it on TV, like, randomly, like, like, cl- like parts of it. It's like American History X, like, I'm, those sort of movies that just, oh God, like, daytime TV. I watched TV. that for the first time, like, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Terrifying. I can't wait to never watch that movie. No. It's one of those. <laughs> yeah, <movies>. no, definitely. <laughs> not, dis- not dissimilar to this show, even though I say that I don't want to watch it again, I do want to watch it again. It just is. It's a lot, and it scares me. So. It was like the daytime edit where like they go outside and they're like, "Fooey!" <laughs> <laughs> Instead of like just yelling "fuck," like, <laughs> yeah, seeing a neo-Nazi yell "fooey" on TV is pretty good. Wait, is it really dumb "fooey"? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if I, I, so yeah, if you're watching it on TV, burn, lots burned in my in. burned in my memory. <laughs> Children. I'm bringing you back. Wait, that's <laughs> class, class. Okay. Class. <laughs> I'm bringing you back. Um, it runs for about 22 episodes, and if you're looking for things that are similar to it, it's similar to Ghost in the Shell, Blade Runner, Minority Report, and ha- shares similarities with The Matrix. That all being said, let's dive in. Body trucks. Body trucks. Mahdi trucks. Oh, Matrix. the Mahdi trucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Mahdi trial. What was that? <laughs> um, so I think this show's really, really, really interesting for a whole bunch of different reasons. Um, I think there's a lot that it has to do with, um, as someone who I studied psychology as my bachelor's, so I think that's what really got me into it when I first watched the show was that I saw so many parallels between the like theories that I was reading about and like actually see them play out on screen. And when you talk about um, what makes a criminal, I think it was a really a really interesting deep dive into not only like not only who are we as people, but also what is deviancy. Um, and I think that there's just, there's too much to unpack in just like one small sentence. So to start us off, do we want to do initial impressions? Sure. Yeah. 
Sure. Take it away about that struts. Go with the Mahdi the Mahdi Trucks person. <laughs> with the Mahdi Trucks. Um my impressions. Um I'll I have to I, I, I will <laughs> I'll I'll enter the, the controversy corner fast. Ooh. I did not like the show. Really? I did not like it. I love um, it. Tell us. I mean I'm I'm not really like a big uh I don't like crime stuff Mm -hmm. like in general like law and order like none of it like it's usually just like i just i'm like uh, (laughs) like it just it kind of makes me i don't know my impressions uh similarly to josh i this is i was expecting to love it based on all the stuff on the internet i've seen about it for how many people it's in like their top 10 top 5 favorite anime ever and i also didn't really love it um the pacing felt really weird, and and I, I sometimes, like, I loved Law & Order growing up. Um, I'm not a big fan of true crime, but I like, like... Fake crime. Fake crime, you know? <laughs> I'm like, this isn't actually happening to people. False crime. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I don't know, as a story, I didn't like it that much, but I liked a lot of the ideas it got into, and a lot of the aspects of their society, and, like, I liked the use of all the holograms, and I thought the whole free will thing was very interesting, um, and, you know, it's, it's obviously the idea's been done with the whole, like, (laughs) I think the first thing, the first episode, it was like, oh, okay, this is Minority Report, the anime, but I think that, they came up with some interesting stuff, like the way the gun would only shoot if you were registered and this and that. And um, I don't know, as an overall dystopian story, I thought a lot of it was, it was a thinker, which I appreciate, but the story itself I wasn't that into. I, similar to that, I, um, well, I didn't dislike it, but what I appreciated about it more than the story was the general, like, themes and concepts that it brought to the table. Also, mainly, and I, I do enjoy crime stuff, even true crime. I mean, it, I enjoy it because it fucking terrifies me, and the show fucking terrified me. What else do I hate more than crazy, crazy, you know, criminals and killers and a dystopian society? Uh, fucking uh, technology. Terrible uh, relationship with technology. Mm-hmm. Technology uh, ruling our life. So that was, yeah, it just, it just scared me, uh, in a way that it, it feels like just a couple steps away from, obviously it seems really far-fetched, but I go back and watch, you know, old movies from the 80s where it was like, this is really out there sci-fi, and it's like, no, that's the real thing happening right now, actually. That's not too far-fetched. Like Robocop or Judge Dredd. (laughs) (laughs) Robocop is real. But yeah, it was also, um, incredibly violent, one of the more violent animes I've ever seen, which I know there's a good reason for it, um, but I just would write down in the middle of my notes as I'm watching episode to episode, like, oh, fuck, that's right, this show is really violent, like, really, uh, borderline <laughs> unnecessarily so, but I don't know. There, there's the one part where the, the guy with the helmet's punching the girl on the ground, yeah. and everyone's just watching, oh, and yeah. it's going on for so oh, long, yeah. and I'm sitting there, I'm like, it's still going on, that's no, no, I wrote no. in my notes, I remember exactly the part you're talking about, because all I wrote down was, holy shit, yeah. like, what? Yeah. And yeah. it's hearing, like, the reasoning for it was like, they don't understand, they just don't, they cannot comprehend what they're seeing, and I'm like, uh, this mm-hmm. is the bad downside yeah. of stuff. Yeah, it it's just, like tailgating an yeah. Eagles game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I like more. The story itself, I wasn't focused on the story. It was I was focused on what terrified me and the concepts of like, yeah, how how humanity is 
so can be so intertwined with technology and how it almost seems like a next step in human evolution in a way, which that's something that I definitely want to talk about is human relationship to, to technology and really marrying your life, mind, and body with technology. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I hated it, but it definitely frightened me and I don't <laughs> know if I'm going to be going back and watching this again, like how I'll go back and drunkenly watch Yuri, but you know, I'm, I'm not going to be doing that with Psychopath. Did that just the other night. <laughs> <laughs> yep. mm. I, I think I definitely feel similarly that it was more like character and theme driven for me than plot driven um I didn't love it but I really enjoyed watching it Hmm. if that makes sense it just felt very easy for me to get into um I would say the thing that made me I've definitely watched more violent anime so I just am <laughs> so desensitized yeah. <laughs> like like a equals tailgate but um, <laughs> uh, what did make me feel uncomfortable um, as a viewer was that it felt like I was rooting for the cops in this really corrupt society <laughs> and I was like I don't know how I feel about myself right now um, but I did kind of like that um, it seems like everyone, one thing I liked is that it seems like everyone had a complicated relationship to what they were doing, and also everyone was kind of self-aware of things, um, and I forgot the last point I was going to make. Yeah, yeah, and, and I also like the fact that, an, an experience I kind of had, because it opens up all these questions to this, like, interesting world it's creating, um, but I kind of felt like I actually don't have a complete view of what that world is because most of the characters you see are like are people that are called criminals or what's it called like with crime. Latent I like Loki loved that name. Yeah, I did too. Um, latent criminals. Isn't but, everyone like, a latent criminal? Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then I also so I and I remember like watching it and this is beyond the first impression. Sorry, but I just remember being like, like, is every criminal gay in this show? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I there's... Really, like, is that just a crime now? <laughs> well, I think there's a really interesting... <laughs> regressive. <It's> just... <laughs> well, I mean, it does It does become regressive, doesn't yeah. it? Because, I mean, yeah. even even to the point where, like, people are desensitized to the violence that are happening around them, like... Very you... un-American. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have this... You have this sort of, like concept where it's just like i mean even animals when they see another animal getting hurt like they get they have a reaction to it like either they're joining in because they're part of the pack that's like doing harm or they're like oh i like i need to get away from this right like this is danger and like you just have these people literally acting and it's like they bring this up in i think the conversations that they have through the literature that they're talking about within the show where um they're talking about um the Philip K. Dick book. Um, and like, basically like these, like these people are becoming sheep now. Like these people are becoming so unaware of what's happening around them that seeing something like that extreme violence or experiencing, you know, the, these horrors, like what was happening in that three story arc where they were, um, exploring what the, what the, the father of the daughter who's then in art school and is doing all of these, or not in art school, but at the school where she does art, um, where 
she's doing these crimes and she's basically, you know, like putting these mutilated bodies on display. And so I think, I think to a certain extent, one of, one of the questions I almost want to bring up is because do you think, I guess, do you think that the show is overly violent in order to like, just for shock value? Or do you think it's there to represent what, like to kind of put us in the, in the spot of the characters in there. Well, so I similarly watch a lot of violent anime, so... (laughs) And I don't shy away from gore necessarily, but there was something about this, and I think it was because most of the violence and most of the prolonged and really bad violence was, like, enacted on, like, young women Mm -hmm. that it was kind of hard to watch like I feel like if it was a little more spread out it it wouldn't have been as as difficult but like most of the really like like gratuitous graphic scenes were of women but that aside I do I'm not mad it was there like I think that scene where the woman was getting like punched to death in the middle of a crowded street was very like it was important to the story and it was important to show how far like how much of an effect this society has had on like, the human psyche and how we interact with each other and how the society works, like, it's definitely important that it was there. I just kind of wish it was, like, four seconds shorter, you know? It's just, like, they really linger on it, and it's like, I get it, I get it, I get it, please stop, like, I don't, I don't know. It's But even the part where you saw the, um, you know, the uh, plasticized uh, statue of the the high school girl, that didn't bother me. I was like... Mm -hmm dude, that's kind of cool. Like, it's fucked up, but it's kind of, like, that didn't bother me, but it was just, like, like the sexual assault scene, mm-hmm. that woman mm-hmm. getting beaten up, like, all that stuff was kind of hard. Yeah. I also forgot, in our last episode, I think, oh, no, I think it was maybe you, Luce, but someone gave a heads-up warning first episode, and I had forgotten about it until it was happening, and I had a recalled memory, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right, this is gonna be bad. <laughs> and watched it, and, yeah, that was... I found that hard to do. Yeah. I mean, I think something about the violence is, like, uh, you have, you're assuming that the viewer obviously is not part of that society, so you know that the violence would affect the viewer more than it would affect someone in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, like, to cer- a certain extent, like... It's almost like they're like they can focus on it to show the view, like to get more of a rise out of the viewer, and like have them respond to it. Cause like in the, I feel like you have the people in public that are just they don't know what to do. They're just staring and like I'm at home while it's happening. Like stop it, stop it, stop it. Um and like, cause the thing is, it's not. It doesn't. It's not to show you that it's wrong. You know it's wrong. But so it almost, like, if, if anything, it kind of drives a wedge between you and the people in that society. Mm-hmm. Though that already exists, I think. Isn't it called, like, bystander... Um, effect. Bystander effect. effect where mm-hmm. you're, like, no one does anything because everyone Gen- thinks Genovese. someone exactly. else is going to do something. Yeah. So it is sort of coming from a place that, like, psychologists have already, like, looked into this happening in our actual, mm-hmm. like, world. Yeah, that's... Uh... I know that it's something that they still talk a lot about in psychology. It's, like, one of the first things you learn in, like, Mm -hmm. Psych 101 is about that case and about the bystander effect. Mm And um, I think as we get more, like, as we approach more the the singularity where we become the cyborg, I think that that is um, 
I think one of the discussions about that is how we start to lose aspects of our humanity. And I think the bystander effect is just like a very big show and tell of what that, as we move closer to this one thing, like we're going to see this a little bit more. And I think to a certain extent, like, I don't think, I don't think the violence, like it's definitely overdone. I don't think it's as gratuitous as like, let's say Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Um, in which case, like, you know, like there's certain things that are just like supposed to be like historically accurate. And then there's certain things where you're like, okay, like this is just like you being ridiculous. Like nobody had to see that, you know? Um, and I think, I think psychopaths, toes a very tight line with that. I'm not going to say that they fall on either side of that. I, there were times when even watching the show a second time, I was, well, I've actually now seen it three times cause I saw the, I watched it subbed and then I watched it dubbed like all 22 episodes. Um, which by the way, subbing dubbing for viewers, if you didn't know this or for the people in this room, um, one of the few animes where, like, the dub is literally almost word for word from the sub. Awesome, because mm. yeah. I watched the dub. Yeah. I yeah, watched one episode of the, of the subbed, um, which I always usually do the sub, but yeah, this was one of the times where I watched the dub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we watched the dub, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty it's, good voice acting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, very good voice acting. The only voice actor I actually didn't like was Kogame's um, oh, voice actor. Mm-hmm. In the In the sub version, he has such a deeper voice and is, mm. like, so much more, like what his character is like drawn and acts out to be rather than um, like a teen boy trying to be cool. yeah exactly and so then like when you're watching the dub i was kind of like oh this is weird like why yeah. sub all the way <laughs> yeah yeah it was like cool guy prototype mm-hmm. in the in the dub just like, like i'm going out it's like, I watched... <laughs> 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 Alright, see ya. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> He's like, I watched Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. I want to be like Spike. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Toothpicks just so he can be cool. It's not because he needs to use them. I th- one thing with the violence for me, um, there's like... Uh, something, something about like the speed in which violence happens in a show can affect me. Like, if it's something that is like almost so fast that happens. It almost feels more like incidental and like you, even if you see the violence on the screen, if the event, if like what makes the violence, like what brings it on a person, if it's like a fast moving thing, it's like, oh my God, that was crazy. But also like, all right, like I just saw that. But then when it's slow moving violence, that's almost like really like harder to watch because then it feels more deliberate and you're just watching like it's it's much more visceral for me versus just like incidental mm-hmm. um like like because like, like the slow motion punching and even just like because all the people doing the violence like it, it, it like it just didn't feel rushed which made it more like psychotic i yeah. guess is the point is where it's more like deliberate violence and not like you're watching a show and people are fighting over a gun and then like it fires and then you both see like people go <gasps> and then one of them drops and you're like oh my god but like if you're like one person just slowly beating on somebody you're like mm. um also we watched it a lot during dinner <laughs> so I'm like sitting there with my food like uh, but at least it's like an anime if it was if it right. was like Game of Thrones or something I'd yeah. be like can we watch this after we eat like cuz yeah I don't know that's this might be um, changing the subject a little bit, but I think it goes a little bit to motivation um, because I think there's a huge relationship between the obviously the violence that you see occur and the you know anti-hero or the villain Makashima. Did I say that right? 
Um, he's literally my favorite name. <laughs> Shogo Makishima. Also so handsome. Also white hair and collarbone combo. Like, just makes me feel happy. Um, <laughs> Love a good But I, I also, like, I think for me, I was really, really intrigued by him, and yet at the same time, I feel like I don't, I'm projecting my own motivation on him instead of, I feel like I don't actually understand his motivation. Um, because he is behind enabling a lot of the characters throughout the show that do violence and some of them I felt like I understood their motivation um and I I kind of get him as a enabler but I was you know if if he wanted to just destroy Sybil it's like why can't you just jump to that plan you know what I mean so it sort of felt like what is your relationship with violence? I I just felt like I didn't understand it, and I didn't understand his relationship and this connection. It felt like they kept trying to make between him and Ko. It just felt like I don't... I just didn't feel that connection. I understand Ko's motivation, but I, I, I just felt like I didn't quite fully understand why Mac... Makashima was doing what he was doing uh, like beyond like destroying Sybil get it but <laughs> get it <laughs> get it <laughs> get it girl but like a- enabling all these other people to literally just murder you know it's like are you trying to do a black mirror thing like I didn't understand um so I th- yeah I think um Makashima's uh I like an <sighs> I almost want to say interesting character, but you're right. It doesn't. It doesn't feel flushed out, and I think it's it's an incidence in where like he's almost like he's almost made more glitterly glittery to distract from the fact that there is very little going on, honestly. But they do bring it up. I like. I think right before he gets executed by Ko, mm-hmm. um, where he's just like he's just I, he's like everyone is alone, and like that's like the, he like felt so abandoned by society that that's where his deviancy came from. But really, like when it came down to it, I just saw him as like li- like literally a parallel of the Joker, like. He was just... True chaotic. Yeah, he was just true chaotic. He was just like, he was just like, well, you know, like, my life sucks, so I'm going to make everybody else's life suck. And, like, that that's kind of, like, how I saw it going. And I do want to kind of wrap around to that question at some point as to whether in the society is everyone alone. Um... Because I think, I think, I think there's a lot going on with, like, how the society is structured. Okay. Yeah, I think with uh, with Makashima, it sort of, to me, felt like when he was enabling all the other um, crimes, I felt like he was trying to sort of, like, just test the system and poke holes and sort of, like, play with Sybil and see what he could get away with um, and try and encourage other people. And I also think he might have been looking to see if other people were like him. Like, these sort of, like, psychotic, sociopathic-type people who um, can get away with things, but I think that he um, probably felt very alone because he w- he felt invisible because the civil system didn't register him, because he could do a crime and not be seen as a criminal, so he felt sort of invisible. And I think that in this society, it's like the weird thing where as you move toward like hive mind or as you move toward 
a perfectly functioning society, everyone gets like closer in that everyone is more similar and everyone is more part of a well-functioning system, but you sort of lose your connection and your individuality in a way. So then it's like, sure, you're more a part of this greater society, but you feel more isolated within it, you know? Um, Maka, show me that booty. Um, <laughs> yes! <laughs> no, um... <laughs> well, there she is! <laughs> um, this is such a very representation, just it's like, really, like, Aesthetic, well thought out, structured thing. Just immediately, I'm not going to make a pun about but, butts. <laughs> but, but, um, but, 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 um, I feel like he, you know, to avoid what could have happened, he should have had a podcast or a book club. He just wanted a book club because really? every time, every did. person he's talking to, he brings up books and like he <laughs> like yeah he likes Co because Co also knows the books. And he's yeah. like, oh fuck, like this is someone I can talk to. Like mm. yeah, honestly, I think the person like I, I the one thing that I that was withheld and I wanted to see happen. I them hook up. No, <laughs> kiss, 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 kiss. No, no um, Makashima. I wanted him to meet that professor guy. Right. Joji or whatever, yeah, because yeah. like that would have been cool. Like, it, it, like if like Ko and the professor are hanging out and they're like they they found him in that chat room, like in that like dark right. web chat room or whatever, and they're like, oh fuck. And like, as they're profiling, they're yeah. almost imagining him being there and what his yeah. responses. And would like be. it would have been kind of cool for like it, with Ko there or without, just like the professor guy like answers the door and it's Makashima. Mm. And like instead of killing the professor, they're just sitting down talking, <laughs> and it's just like oh I, I like. I diffused it by uh, creating <laughs> yeah. a book club. Yeah, Which, no, that actually just real quick aside, that's I think my biggest issue with the show was all of the um, intellectual jumps. Yeah, that felt very not like realistic. Like the oh well, obviously he's going for the food supplier. Oh well, obviously Co would have left something in the dead body. Or oh, obvi- and oh, it felt yeah. very like I would have liked to have seen them be wrong a couple of times mm-hmm. to make the rightness feel more realistic. Um, I get, and even to finish what I was kind of thinking about for Makashima, is I don't think his motivation was, it was definitely driven from his isolation, um, but I don't, I don't think it was purely just that. I, like, you know, because he rejected being a part of the civil system, and he still wanted to destroy it, and I think it really was. It was just because he of... loved books. Yeah, <laughs> He just yeah, needed to just touch needed. a book. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, I think he really kind of wanted to break free and maybe break other people free, but I guess now in response to Josh with thinking about the civil system, um... I do think, you know, there's a lot of parallels to be drawn, both in, you know, the, the you know, the, the whole, one of the major themes is, in, you know, are we really innocent until proven guilty? What people, what bodies, what spaces and places are presented as guilty before proven innocent, or just guilty before an action has taken place, um, and how cops do enforce that in our society very regularly um with an assumed innocence of officers but i'm just always controversy corner i guess but (laughs) or truth corner i want you Um, to keep talking because i'm like yep yeah but i i you know and i think the civil system what i kind of liked about this theme um 
was that, you know, is very overarching in the society, very, like, it chooses who's an artist, it chooses what your job is, um, which is why, That's like, yeah. you're presented with only, mm. like, deviants, you know, and yet at the same time, the only characters you know are mostly deviant characters, um, otherwise it'd be a boring show. Yeah, otherwise it'd be a boring <laughs> show. Right, mm, but I... Just got at the think, office. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, the system chooses for the officers, like, this person should be killed. This person can be rehabilitated, which we know yeah. is, like, a farce anyway. But I think what I kind of liked about the reveal of Sybil, um, with, like, the brain and the vats and all of that, um is that I feel like we often joke now in our society, like, oh, can't wait for us to vote on an algorithm to run our country or whatever. Like, you know, not... In some ways, algorithms run quite a bit of our economy. And we campaign on Twitter. at lightning speed. Which is um, Which is well beyond, like, our our abilities but but what what's what's fun about that is like okay but like humans write algorithms and like what are all these studies of of being like okay when humans make something it gets flawed or it's racist because we are you know and it's like surprise surprise so it's like the civil system that's presenting itself as like this ultimate high form is still human at Mm -hmm. the end of the day um and i thought that was really powerful and and interesting to watch but is it? Because if they're all asymptomatic, I was thinking, how can someone who who doesn't, who has these sort of sociopathic tendencies, who maybe wouldn't be able to understand human empathy, and, like, how, how can those brains be able to understand, empathize, and then, you know, moralistically rule over those people without completely understanding them themselves but that's the whole point is that they lack empathy and that's what makes them good judges of society which is yeah yes i'll I'll be a part of the book club lame is crime and punishment lame is there's an entire part about how justice there is a justice that is above law and you have to in order to understand it you have to have empathy for Mm. it and you have to understand because sometimes the law is not always the law dependent it's totally case by case which which is why akane Mm -hmm. in the end continues to be um a uh uh, is she the no not the enforcer the um, inspector inspector Mm -hmm. and why the other people slip down to being enforcers because their own sense of personal judgment which is probably right from most people's standpoints, but in the whole eyes of the civil system is wrong. So Akane is able to walk this line of, I know that this is morally wrong, but that I have to follow this, like, line of justice. Um, Because, honestly, a lot of the violence in the show isn't even physical. It's the fact that people with a neurological imbalance or a chemical imbalance is are treated like criminals just because they might be, like, schizophrenic or bipolar or whatever, like... I don't know, depressed, like, anyone who has any sort of, like, they literally call Akane a mental beauty in, like, the second episode. (laughs) Uh And so it's this idea of if you are meant to, like, have a good mental health, you are a good citizen, you know? Like, if you're able to reach Nirvana, which a computer technically would never be able to reach, right? (laughs) Right, right. I mean, it's like the, the, the problem, the classic thing of, like, the mechanical Turk. And, like, uh, I think that was, like, the 19th century, that there was, like, someone built this wooden robot that, like, 
was thought of as like the first robot that like they traveled and were like and like this will beat anyone at chess and like people would play it and would <laughs> lose to it and they're like holy shit this is crazy but then at like I think it was like after the guy who made it died like they found out that there was just they, he put a person inside of it to play people and so there was a person inside this wooden structure with a candle in there Play, like doing the like playing the dictating the chess thing so like the problem of the mechanical turk that's with the algorithms and everything you can like by by putting this face of technology in between one user and another user it creates this illusion of objectivity mm. but really it's just another person on the other end of it that was like the other night when i, I was like a little <laughs> i was like a little bit stunned thinking about this like how i was like thinking about uh like algorithms that so so like if you're watching like security camera footage and you tell a person like hit hit this button when so there's two people on screen at the beginning you hit the button when one of them walks away and then you watch the video someone walks away you hit the button as soon as like you could train an algorithm to know to do that then you just have computers watching people and like make and pulling like triggers and making decisions mm. without any human intervention but even so how you write that is still from a human perspective mm -hmm. so there's like just no mm -hmm. escaping and like the real slope that's gonna really get into the fun stuff and i say fun with air quotes um is <laughs> the moment we have algorithms write algorithms Yo. that's when it's over that's yeah, the acceleration yeah. that is beyond our comprehension that's the matrix that is <laughs> it's already beyond our comprehension Let's well that, that's that's true <laughs> especially like right now there's, there's like 20 like huge breaking stories like right like like this right week now that oh, yeah. it's like too much to keep up with like yeah so yeah it, it's acceleration yeah. Yeah. Excel it faster than the speed of sound or some shit so the acceleration accelerates but it doesn't escape like there there's no there's no objectivity from the mm -hmm. human world but anyway sorry right I, I think that's what's really interesting about the chief is that when you find out that they are a cyborg, but the the chief is actually just like this this Vessel. meat shell, like an, an yeah. avatar, yeah, not <laughs> meat, meat shell. <laughs> um, this like this this this. That's us. Yeah, we are we're, the meat shells. we're the meat shells. But it's just like is like the band spin off. Yes, <laughs> meat, meat shells. shells. Um, oh my god, can we please start a band with uh, with Yayoi? Um, oh, yes. <laughs> she's wonderful. I love her. Um, but that she's like she's they are the the chief is literally just this this metal husk that the brains get like swapped out into it and like mm -hmm. not even really like physically swapped out it's like it's the like brain upload. gets like, uploaded into style. very <laughs> matrix style and i think that whole thing where it's just like there's always right right now at least there's always a little bit of humanity behind the machine is like very represented through that character and even though it seems like I, I always question what the hierarchy is am among the brains because it seems like maybe it's just like when the when the chief is being the chief of police versus like the chief of like the chief like because I'm also assuming that they're the top official in government since Sybil runs everything and the chief is the top official of Sybil 
they don't really talk about that a lot because they start talking sort of about like the other ministers like there's this minister of agriculture all of this stuff but once sybil came into like power and was like the monopoly powerhouse all of these ministers were like forced to retire basically you know and so sybil is really controlling all of it and i'm wondering if even among the asymptomatic folks the not even the folks the asymptomatic brains if there's a hierarchy among them because it seems like some personalities, some multiple personalities, um, which is actually another funny parallel between psychology and this, is that Sybil was a case study of a woman who had multiple personalities. Oh. So the reveal oh, it was that that it, that one actually got debunked. She did not have multiple yeah, personalities. I know exactly Wait, oh, this is a real thing. This is a real this thing. Is like yeah, a video that was a real thing. Yeah. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I, thought, I thought they were talking about like the Greek oracle. Like well, so it's a play on that, oh. but what they, what that woman's name, I don't know if the case study, they just named it the Sybil case study because of oh, the Greek Oracle or if her it, name it. just perchance happened to also be Sybil. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why when the reveal happens, it's like, oh my God, I should have known this from the start right. because literally the entire yeah. system is named after this case study in psychology where multiple personalities was studied. And I felt insanely dumb because I thought they were saying Sybil system the entire time. Oh, Sybil, like with the V? Like with the V oh. and the C. And I was like, and then when I finally saw one thing, I was like, oh shit and then it all came into play and i felt like an absolute idiot yeah my my i actually just wanted to directly respond to you olivia with what you were talking about in terms of empathy um is that i you know i i almost think there's like an implication of like there's more in common with the people that are are deemed healthy by the civil system and the folks that are have high like coefficients with each other like there's just more that we have to relate to each other than to this civil system and i think a similarity is like yeah there's more that we all have to relate to each other as people and citizens even with folks anywhere across the gro- the globe or iran than we do with the one percent or with the bourgeoisie running our fucking government um, so that's yeah. my hot take on that, but I, I, it I, also I, makes me think of, like... Yeah, no, director's fault. I was going to say, just the literally in the first episode, the woman who gets sexually assaulted, mm. normal-ass woman walking down the street, yeah. all of a sudden has a psychological response to the fact and that the, she was, like, about raped. to... Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then... Yeah. raped, And yeah. then, so then she starts, like, then all of a sudden her crime coefficient goes up high enough that she becomes, like, an a exterminate, target. like, like, like the right. dominator would have killed mm-hmm. her. And so that is sort of, like, talking about the slippery slope and how close we are to being, like, below the poverty line, being homeless, whatever. Similarly, like, it, you see it happen in the, sh- in the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think part of that has to do with the amount of control that the civil system has because, right, the more control that you put over something, the more delicate that control becomes. And civil system is such a tight running ship at this point that it's almost like it, it's, it's bound to, and it has already with, with Akane breaching the level where she is, where it cannot, like, it literally can't compute for Akane's action, so it has no choice but to let Akane live, because Akane will help the system survive until she could find a way to make it not survive anymore, which, when you watch the movie that takes place between season one and two, you hear a lot more about. Um, That's for another podcast. That's for another podcast. (laughs) Um, But then, um, but then, 
it's this sort of thing where because it has su- the civil system has so much control that it's exerting over the population that any amount like just viewing a crime causes your crime coefficient to mm-hmm. go up because you are so under so many different la- layers of control that have just become like programmed into you that a glitch is just bound to happen because there's just so much control that's happening that that is going to, like, an accident's going to occur. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, ju- I just was thinking, like, any system is super fragile and any amount of power has some type of resistance, which you see pockets of throughout the entire show. Um, but, yeah, even in the U.S. But I also just find it interesting, like, to Josh's point, um, like, oh, we, like, will put technology or things on a pedestal of, like, well, that's objective, and, like, somehow it's easier for us to accept that, I guess, a machine or something can be objective in this society than, like, people, and I think it calls into question almost, like, what, (laughs) how we view people, (laughs) like, it, it almost feels like this is, like, the natural sin, or, like, we're always going to be unobjective, or, or whatever it kind of reminds me of, and yet we can't escape it, and at the same time, this whole system is set up to just recreate itself, and to survive on its own, in its own isolated civil system form in Japan. And, like, because it's, like, technology at, like, a very base level is just, like, it takes human capabilities and accelerates them. Like, if you chop wood by yourself, you can't chop enough wood that, like, like they, you if there's a machine doing it next to a person, a lot more is going to get chopped by the machine. But both can do the same thing, and one was made from a person that could do that. But the machine's not going to notice when there's a caterpillar on the wood, and you have to stop swinging to save the caterpillar. And so, actually, so actually you know what? This, exactly. You, very exactly. good point. <laughs> bringing up wood, I just had this thought. Um, so, this is something... <laughs> Not like that. We're nervous. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in 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 my job, I'm a woodworker. Microphone, speaking to the microphone. Um, but we have this thing called a CNC, and it's like a computer controlled uh, wood cutting thing, and it can do different things. But um, basically, like. Uh, when you're setting up the machine, like, there's so much care taken into setting up, you're, like, setting a zero point and, like, knowing where everything is oriented from zero because when you're making a cut, once you hit start, the machine, if the wood's not mm-hmm. where the machine thinks it is, it'll just go right through it. Right. It's not going to stop to be, like, like up ahead, there, the wood's not there, why are you still going? It's just going to go right through it. So, like... In some ways, it's like it accelerates the human capability, but it also like makes it more flawed and like more prone to error because there's not the person who can do the judgment to be like, mm. wait, put pump the brakes. It's not gonna. It's not gonna do what we what we want it to. It's it's because uh, uh, uh. the machine will just go. And like I've had that. It's a very frustrating experience when it happens. Let me tell you, but uh, but but uh, yeah, like it, it's it's this fine line between like I I made this thing to do this ability of mine more and without my presence but like it, it almost relies on your presence to be functional and effective exactly which is why even in the first episode i think the thing that i wrote down is like number one 
how did they get to this point where people were like, okay, yeah, sure, like, I would love to just, like, manage my hue and all this other stuff. I'm like, how, how did people get to that point where a they were just A single like, generation is all it takes. Because if you grow up in it, it's normal. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. No, we can't. I, this is for another day. We can't even. But, but, yeah, it's like in the first episode where, like you said, it almost, it almost needs your presence in order to do what you set it out to do. And to do better than you. So, like, with the Dominators, which, offhand, fucking sick-ass name. Amazing! Oh, shit. A Dominator. Ah, it's tight. Um, you can control it on Wi-Fi, vibrates. But, like... The second Josh says anything, oh, I just plug look at Lisa's uh, face. Uh, or, what is it? Sponsorship from adamandeves.com. <laughs> Spectrum. Like it takes a Kane in the first episode to say, like, Free no, plug. don't shoot her. Like, <gasps> oh, I love oh, it. Lord. Yeah. You'll, I missed it. You'll hear it in the episode. <laughs> anyway, sorry. All I mean is that like it takes <laughs> it takes a Kane being there in the first episode to say, don't shoot her it's not her fault like she will be fine but like she's not gonna do anything she just went through a completely traumatic situation of course her her mental like capabilities are not going to be as they normally are like anyone would be absolutely off the rails if that happened to them and that also having this giant fucking techno laser gun pointed in your face that's gonna eliminate you like (laughs) oh my god and so, you know, it, it takes a human being being there to say, don't, you can't do this. And then what she, like, in the following episode or whenever, she, like, checks up on her and, like, she's like, oh, yeah, she's doing great. She's in rehab. She's feeling <laughs> a lot better. It's like, great. See, you didn't have to fucking kill her. And so I'm wondering, like, <laughs> how many fucking times, not dissimilar to the current state in the U.S., um, how many times could you have just, I don't know, not shot the fucking gun? De-escalation. <laughs> De-escalated the entire yeah. situation? Yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna say fucking a million gajillion times. Oh, I thought it was my phone. So sorry. Sorry, But like almost every single time, right? Like any time that there's any sort of shooting, you're just like, how like could this have been not? How could this have been not? Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. And I think so. I think what's interesting about Akane is from the computer's perspective, or I guess I mean like the. Because it's not just a computer. The the system is acting from this, like, this algorithm of brains, right? Um, from their perspective, Akane is almost a virus. And so it's a really interesting, I think, setup where Akane human acting as virus in this computerized system. I think that's why they have so much trouble kind of processing what to do with her because if she was like a literal virus like a computerized virus you know you write a code you destroy that virus or you like you like branch it off so that it doesn't damage the rest of the system whatever but this is a human being and they can't do that to her because there's also the potential of like what she might do in outlash or like the connection she shares and other people, like, when when Kagari, like, bless his soul, goes missing, right? Like, gets killed. Um, gets taken. 
gets taken, <laughs> right? Um, they're just like, they're like, oh, you know, like this kind of shit happens all the time and who cares? Cause he was just an enforcer anyways. He was mm. just another latent criminal. But if it were to happen to someone like Akane, you would have this sort of situation where it was just like, oh, well she was, she was mentally perfect. Like a college student who yeah. just graduated with a bright future. Right. Exactly. <laughs> all of a sudden, you know? And so I think, I think it's, I think it's really interesting how she literally, she's an embodiment of a virus, but of a virus you can't. Exactly. Like at that one point where like in the episode right after she discovers, like they, they let her in on the big secret, the big reveal, she makes this like deal, almost this like little, uh, not, not blackmail, but yeah, she's mm-hmm. like, all right, I'll do this, except you have to do this for me. And at first like, no, we can't do that. And they're like, well, then I can't do this for you. And then they just like pause, like, all right, fine. It's like, Ha 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 ha! She's like negotiating yeah, exactly. with the algorithm. I'm like, Fucking got you. And the, and the thing that's also this goes back to what you were saying a little while ago. Mk is like, she is having to toe the line of knowing that there is stuff that's happening within a society that is very immoral. But how she can do her part to work within it and also kind of not undo it on the grand scale, but work within her means to try and kind of alleviate some of the... Yeah, orient it in a better direction. Um, In response to a couple things you said, um, dealing with Akane, I I think in later seasons they might talk more about her being a virus, so I'm actually really interested in that because I I actually felt very frustrated with Akane. Um, I also just think she's she constantly looks stoned like that's just like a sidebar (laughs) but like the way her eyes are drawn yeah like the upside down triangle eyes I've never seen that on a character and she just looks stoned constantly it's it's, it's, it's the zanny that's what keeps her coefficient (laughs) low oh my god (laughs) she's a mumble rapper at home (laughs) (laughs) I think like you know Olivia, you're talking about, like, it takes a human there to see, like, we don't need to murder this woman. She can just go to therapy. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's upset. I don't know. Um, but I think, like, that was the moment where it does complicate, like, the human versus machine or what is the machine because um, Ko was just being a cog in the machine. And I think that's why he cares about Akane because he realized I was allowing myself to just be the machine. His last name is Cog. His last name is Cog. He's Don't a they fucking call... Cog in <laughs> the machine. His name is Cog. Oh. oh okay. <laughs> I thought you were saying, like, because they Sorry, that was the dominator. Um, <laughs> holy shit. Cog. Gome. But I think that's why he cares about Akane. And yet, Akane's motivation for the last couple episodes frustrated me. Because she really was doing, you know, she was negotiating with Sybil. That was cool. I liked that. Um, talking to her gun. Yeah, ta- <laughs> yeah. talking to her gun. Um, just another Saturday. Yeah, because they just don't. <laughs> they, they just don't have like bones, I guess, in this future. But <laughs> no, they totally do, right? Because I mean, they do, but they somehow do. you clearly. only talk to Sybil through a gun. Whatever. Um, but it. But it's. To me, I, to me, I was frustrated because her motivation was purely selfish. She just wanted Ko to live. And I think, like, part of her whole thing was, I don't want him to become a murderer. And I'm like, bitch, just be 
because you shoot people, because Sybil says it's okay to shoot them, like, oh, now he's not a murderer? Now you want to stop him from being a murderer? What about all these other people you murdered because Sybil rejected them? Like, come on. Like, the, the guy he's killing is someone that Sybil you know, won't reject, and yeah. so it's not, you know, so that's a murder. It's only murder like, because it's a no. revolver. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. So that just makes me mad about her wanting to, like, save his soul or his spirit. And maybe it was purely because she didn't want him, she wanted to just be around him, and maybe that's her acceptance of the civil system, but, like, I, I just was over that. Mm-mm. I was like, let him kill a man. <laughs> like, let him kill, him. Oh, let him kill him. One thing too that like speaking of like killing people with the do- with like the guns, like something that I found kind of gratuitous with the show is that like it's this future high tech gun. They explode them no. <laughs> instead it's of like so shrinking. Like you should like shrink them into like a thing. You know, like instead of just like the top of the torso just boosh, like and then yeah. it's like like that's it's Covered like it's blood. it's like spectacle. It, it, it is spectacle, but it's like, it's a funny thing that is like, the spectacle is for the viewer because if it, like, the people in the society don't know how to respond to that. So it's like, it, in my head, I was like, oh, it sends a message, like this gruesome death, but they don't even recognize that. Yeah. So it's like, they just see something happen. They're like, oh, that's weird. Or not even. Like, they just see it and then they're like, anyway, anyway Candy Crush. It's, like, it's, it's almost like they have, like, it's like when you see a, a glitch, you're just like, Ugh. and you keep going. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Also with, you know, what you were talking about with how, like, that one episode with Akane's friend when Makashima is just like, shoot me, do it, do it. Like, your your gun's not going to do it, just do it. And the entire time, I've never, like, yelled at a screen where I was like, do it, bitch. Yes. Yeah, no, for sure. Just do it. And uh, I was so fucking pissed. I was like, you're fucking weak. Anyways, what? It was a, it was a shotgun. There was no way she wouldn't kill Yuki, her friend. Like, there's no way she could have killed Makashima and not hit, like, yeah, the shotguns, they have a little bit of a shrapnel. So, I'm like, to be fair, I think it's more about that she didn't at least try. Like, yeah. it's more mm-hmm. thing, like, because I understand the idea of, like, oh, fuck, like, I would be, because a dominator, I'm assuming, you know, unlike police officers now who, like, have to do, like, target, like, training and stuff, I'm assu- assuming in this high-tech society that the dominator just can walk it on It sort of does it for you. It does it for you. Does the dirty work She for clearly you. did not have Cle- training. Clearly <laughs> she did not, because, yeah, and so, but it, I was just a little mad because she didn't at least try. Like, she was just so, like, <laughs> I think I think it was more a jerk reaction mm-hmm. though. I think it like one of those things where like, you know, you're nervous, like you just happen to pull the trigger because if, just from the angle that they show that scene at, like the dominator's pointing this way directly at um Makashima, right? But then the shotgun, she's kinda which is also like oh, yeah. that's a long ass shotgun, shotgun rifle. Like, are you kidding me? You're not holding that with one hand. Akane, no, please. No. Um Thank you. <laughs> Akane, please. She lifts. Come on. <laughs> does she though? <laughs> Maybe she does. I don't know. Um, but she, she, so she's kind of like this, and then the shotgun goes off, and like the shotgun's kind of like pointing this way, Maybe like off to the try. side. Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't, 
It was a long time ago. No, I she remember... didn't aim. I think it was she, off to the side. Yeah. Like, she didn't fully aim it at. But again, it, she would have killed her friend. Like, I exactly. don't see. Which, like, that's There's fair. no way it would have There's worked. no way. Like, I understand that, but I wish that <laughs> had been the conflict. I wish it, the conflict was, oh, God, I want to shoot him. Like, I want to shoot him, but I will hurt my friend and not, I can't shoot him. Okay. I can't murder. I, I, I think so if we're, if we're, if we're, fl- like, fleshing this out. Based on the logic of the first episode, she should have pointed the Dominator at the friend yeah. to get the reading to then go into the execute mode because she's scared because mm-hmm. of the attack, like the, the violence. And then she, it could be like exterminator mode and then just quickly turn it to the guy. <laughs> like, well, yeah, like, like, like pull like, trigger. Like, yeah, yeah, like get it, get it on the friend. Yeah. Okay, we have the reading. Exi- <laughs> like put it into execute mode Plot and then it. just, <laughs> like I feel like. Sick. She, you know, have a secret. Then, have a secret message. Be like Yuki Duck. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, I. But also, we're just. We're just. This is after yeah. the fact. You know, we're just. We, we, we weren't there. Because every time I do something wrong, I just think about it later. But <laughs> I could have made a really clever joke, and I just stood there like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do. I do want to say that was my favorite part of the whole show. Was that part where? Uh, <laughs> well, not that part. <laughs> wow. Like wow, your crack. Well, Coefficient's really showing up. Okay. <laughs> kill her, Makashima. Kill her. Yeah. No, it's only sixty nine. Um, no, it's it's four twenty. Um, no, it's six six six. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. So uh, no, the yeah. the whole sequence of the cyborg man hunting them mm. with the mechanical mm. dogs, and I think that was my favorite part of the whole show. That was a really great just scene. just on an aside, mm-hmm. like a little spooky boogie. Yeah, that was spooky my boogie. favorite. <laughs> yeah, was spooky okay. boogie. I was so into that. I paused that show to laugh and immediately wrote it down. I was like, yes, this is my, what's this, what I will be bringing to the table. Like that, that's also, that's spookyboogie69 at gmail.com. <laughs> New email. Like, like, what a tip off though, like where she's like, oh, we went to school together. That, that's like put a stamp on her forehead. You're going to die. Yeah. You just mentioned that you went to school together. You're dead. Yeah. I don't know what that logic's from in my head, but when that happened, I'm like, we'll see what happens to you. But you, you just brought up <laughs> high school. You're oh, dead. It's not looking great, but. Exactly. Spooky-boogie. Well, so I, no. I was going to move in a different direction. So Go for it, go for it. I was about to move. Let's get there. I was going to talk about just the... Talk, talking about how controlling the society is. And I wrote down in... What is her name? Yeah, Yoi's episode about how she was a fucking, um, quote, authorized musician. Which I had real big problems with that. Um, on the one hand... Well, no. I had a huge problem with sorting into what job you would be best at kind of thing and on the one hand you know in in theory things sound great hey this is the jobs that would you be perfect for it will make you happy you'll be really good you'll contribute to society on the other hand uh like when oh god what is her name when we just talked about yuki yuki yeah who like Mm -hmm. and she's like oh classy i knew it but whatever and she's just working like you know Jobs like are. a C-level job, yeah, I think. Yeah, which I'm just like, that has to fucking suck. And then mm-hmm. also the idea that art and music, same thing with the crazy, freaky, spooky killer art babe. Like, mm. you know, art, music, everything has to be authorized or, like, deemed okay and presentable. Like, censorship. What the fuck is art if not, you, you, you know? And so this is a whole huge conversation that is, like, a current thing that happens now and has been happening for a while. Mm-hmm. But to that level of it, I was, mm-hmm. like, again, to how I said in the beginning when I first started watching the, the series was, yeah, how did they say yeah to this? How are they just <laughs> like, yeah, sure, whatever, and... 
just I can't understand it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Sorry, I, it had to come out. <laughs> so on the, out I'm coming out. Um, <laughs> it's like I did that a long time ago. Um, on the theme of censorship, censorship, and <laughs> censorship, and Sean Connery, bottles deep, <laughs> and authenticity. Actually, I think the episode that brings that up is probably one of my favorite episodes. Um, <laughs> the face Hannah just made was such a mood. <laughs> it was like, anyway, sorry. This, sorry, this is not good audio. content for the audio. <laughs> sorry. Um, specifically because I think the, since the episode is so focused on Yoyoi um, and who she is as a character, which, by the way, like, the relationship between Yayoi and Shion is, I oh, think... love them. Fucking gorgeous. Shion's actually my favorite character in the <laughs> entire Same. show. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally yes. yeah. thought of you. In the, in when Shion is first introduced, when she, like, you know, when, uh, Yayoi leaves mm-hmm. that Yayoi? Room, yeah. And you see the other woman, and she's oh, oh, putting no, her... No, she, she's adjusting so... her tie as she comes out. I was out like, and oh. Like, and then she sings? Literally thought of Luz. What song? She sings a song. She sings a song. Wait, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, in the very beginning, when you're first introduced what to Shion... What are you doing <laughs> <laughs> is this Carol and Tuesday? Is this Psychopaths? What are we doing? Final Fantasy X2. Wait, I'm lost. Like, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about... Well, I mean, there was just the relationship between... Uh, oh, uh, between the blonde hair woman who's the, like, tech lady. You were, th- you were thinking of the, yes. the singer in the band. Yeah. Oh! No, I... Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Also good. Also oh, fantastic. Okay. That's what we were talking about, but oh yeah, no, that makes more sense because yeah. like, who got fucking driven rocks. into being a fucking anarchist because her boo got taken away from her? Exactly. Sick as shit, and then the yeah. boo's like there with the fucking dominator with the cops. and actually tries to shoot her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking turncoat. That hurt my soul. <gasps> it did hurt my soul. I did not detract from my love from Yayoi, however, mm-hmm. because, and I think that's actually something that they do explore a lot more in season two is they give Yayoi a lot more depth. Yay. She is so much more of a badass in season two than she is in season one. We haven't watched season two yet. I have. Um, <laughs> so, um, I think, yeah, I think that episode in general is really interesting. Also, there's actually discussion discussion about how that scene where um, Akane walks in and they, like, have obviously just, like, finished doing the dirty in the office space. Oh, which, I love it. Or the DD. Late the in DD. Criminals. Late in criminals, which, of course, all the queers are late in criminals, let's be <laughs> real. Um, but there there have been talks. I, like, saw other, like, people's reactions as I was doing research for, for this episode that we're doing. Um, where that, like, that entire scene is actually so much is spoken about in that one scene where Akane first meets Shion, and it's one of the, like, probably one of the best directed scenes in the show, because there's so much information that gets transferred about who these characters are, what the relationship is to one another, and what has just happened without it being explicitly stated or harped upon. Like, you just... 
your threat like she's like smoking a cigarette right yeah, yeah. she's got her she's got her like uh, doctor's coat a little bit unbuttoned with her titties mm-hmm. out a little yes. bit and, like the other the uh, yayoi walks out and she's kind of like adjusting her uniform like you know what just went down and akane's <laughs> like oh my god like this is so weird because akane's freaking out because she just shot ko in the previous episode <laughs> so she's like afraid to interact with any of the other enforcers right and she's just like oh my god please don't hate me i know i'm like the new per- the newbie on your team and like you always just kind of like I'm just gonna walk away from this because I literally was just going down on Xion. So. She's like, I'm keeping this high. I'm not yeah, dealing with this exactly, shit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, I like distracted myself with this. That's a really well directed scene and well written scene, and I think it's beautiful. Also, Xion's amazing. <laughs> but back to this episode that focuses on Yayoi, which I believe is episode 12, titled Devil's Crossroad. Um, yeah. Which is amazing because if you think about it in the arc of the show, it's one. Oh my gosh, Josh! <laughs> it's just it's, trying to figure out what position the Devil's Crossroad is. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! I'm just <laughs> in the context of this, come on. It's the only episode that actually gives any back any visual backstory not only to Yayoi even though she's the only character in the show that gets a backstory yeah. arc but it's the only episode that reveals the um, the extensive amount of backstory and relation to other characters because it's that same story that same episode where you see Ko's relationship to his previous partner when Ko was not an enforcer but an investigator mm-hmm. so i find it interesting why it is told through her um and you also get all this background too because well, that's when she's in the um the the Rehab. weird psych ward yeah. where yeah. she's just asking for guitar strings exactly and he shows up and he's like you want your guitar strings your ernie balls but yeah your yeah. ernie balls, <laughs> balls made, made in usa right but it is you, that's a really good point because it's like you see the fact that, oh, because we get introduced to people getting like, oh, you took this test and you get a job based on your test. And we see it from Akane's point of view where she got a 700 on everything and so she can pick whatever she wants. So you see it in this nice way. Mm. But then it's like, oh, but then you see there's musicians who are either state-approved musicians mm. or just like rebel musicians. And then you also get... Um, a, her like being in this like recovery ward where you're like oh this is not helpful to anybody's like psych psych psychiatric uh uh health um so you, you do get a lot of like uh exposition of the world in her yeah. in her backstory episode exactly and i i just find it interesting almost actually yeah hannah if you want to take us away no i mean it just was like imprisonment without a crime and Ooh. making anything that is not the norm a crime um, well, wait, she got arrested because she hung out with unapproved, unapproved. state musicians and yeah. it fucked up her hue. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she didn't ever do anything wrong and it wasn't even... because it's like But it's also, like, maybe queerness had something to do with it. It's not mm-hmm. actually I, explicitly said in the show. And that's, like, fine, but I do think that episode really, like, broke my heart when that was she... Sad. Like... Because I, frankly, am on the punk side. Yeah, I'm like, same. yeah, oh, Molotov the- cocktail. <laughs> burn that shit down. That's how I felt. I was like, yeah, fucking throw 
don't we get to that point? Like the, the only reason you don't like polish. Well, and isn't yeah. it interesting yeah. that she gets to keep the nail polish? Like that's actually a, a, a like I think one of the things I do like about the show because I do agree, especially on like my now third rewatch of it, where I'm like there are things that were striking to me in the first watch of it that did not get carried over into the second or third Hmm. rewatch and I was like honestly kind of bored with it and not in the like oh I've watched this so many times it's just like you know how sometimes you get something new from a Mm rewatch I really didn't get that much new stuff from my rewatches so but something that I did really appreciate about the series was attention to detail um in certain things one of them being um how at the end when Ko has the revolver I like I was like I was looking at the revolver and I was kind of trying to figure out like how like this was just like a me like looking to see like how detailed they were really being I was like you know what that looks like a like a five barrel revolver I wonder I wonder if in the show they're gonna make it a five barrel revolver and I remember counting the amount of shots that Uh he had before he had to reload and it was five shots before he had to reload and I was like that is so fucking cool like their attention to like small minute details in that sense is very very striking okay Josh that was loud (laughs) (laughs) trying to sneak in was very striking and I think something that the show did really really well and on that point of detail I think it's so interesting that even though this is a rehab psych ward facility that they would allow Yayoi to keep the nail polish that is a clear sign of her deviancy because also like when do they like they don't let you it was like a nude color it wasn't even it wasn't like it was black or like blue or whatever rebel color it was just like nice like Like coral (laughs) sort of thing right but it was very like quote unquote right like feminine or traditionally feminine What, what I actually thought was kind of interesting um, was even though they're both uh, queer woman characters, I actually remember they like like they do do a lot of details in the show, but I remember thinking like, you know, I have my femme queer woman out there shout out, but sometimes I'm like, you you're wearing nail polish, like you can't put that in me, <laughs> like you know what I mean? It's a thing, it, you know. They they got some good natural nail polish. They do. They do. They do. Yeah. <laughs> but most of it's chemical trash. That is true. But and sometimes that's a marker. Sometimes it's not. This is also the future. It could be some like nice organic nail polish. You're that's right. Actually, like, beneficial. Like actually, also a lubricant. <laughs> 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 like dead ass, someone take me up on that. Like. Yeah. <laughs> DM Hannah. DM me. Immediately. Right now, I will help fund that. <laughs> so, I don't know. I find, like, I find that that episode was really interesting, and I think it could kind of lead us in a direction of, like, what is criminality within this civil system? Or, like, what is... I mean, like, we have so much, so much control and so much power that's already being displayed. Like, how far does it how long does it take for someone to become a deviant and what sort of like predispositions make you deviant so one thing i just have to say is after watching this and seeing the there were like regular ass civilians who then all of a sudden got was it above 100 was the when you were 
a target of enforcement. They never, they never gave a clear range, but if you were like tracking characters and what the reading was uh-huh. when they pointed the dominor- dominators, I want to say, yeah, it was, it was above 100. It was kind of like 100. above 100. Mm-hmm. It was sort of the, because like there were people like 60 that was under, and then, mm-hmm. like sometimes like with some of the enforcers, it was like 240, and it was like right. still. So, um, but I just like, I kind of feel as someone who is. I am not on any medicine that is mood stabilizing. I don't, I'm like totally just whatever's going on in my life. I just go with, but I have in the past definitely been up and down and like, I, I've had some a hundred plus days, you know, and I feel like most people have mm-hmm. had those days and it's the sort of thing where with this system, you know, if you look at, if you were to look at my life overall, I'm a pretty stable person, but should one... And they have scanners in the street. They just have street mm, scanners. Yeah. yeah. And there have been days where I bet that street scanner would have caught me at 150, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just like I'm having a, you know, a bad period, a bad depressive episode, a bad manic episode, you know? And it's like, I, I might just be, like, ovulating real bad, and I'm just like, Arr! And so I think that there are moments where maybe I would have registered really bad, and... Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm going to commit a crime. I think one, I, well, I think in order to counteract that, right, there's, like, there's, like, this one, like, tiny thing when, like, the, the little, like, palm pilot helper is, like, Akane's in her room. And wait, wait, like, wait, wait, the jellyfish? The jellyfish, My favorite yes. character? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so beautiful. Love that character. Um, even when Akane's just, like, stop that. Like, delete this aspect of your personhood from your memory bank. Like, I cannot have you thinking this is a date right now. Like, so funny and, like, just, I, I love that. I love the little jellyfish guy. Um, but... There's, there's moments where I think in order to counteract the fact that people wouldn't be at a neutral base or at an acceptable range day to day, there's this one scene where Jellyfish Dude is talking to Akane and is like, this is like, this is like the, the estimated, um, like, like tension factor of this area that you're living in. I recommend a supplement to counteract that. Some CBD. Some CBD, right? And so like... Some vitamin C, some iron. Yeah, I think, I think, but almost in a way, like that's like, that's like, uh, like maintenance therapy, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's almost, in a way, like, I mean, you don't actually know what's in that supplement. I don't think the characters know. They just are given this thing, which again is put out by the Sybil system. And so, what then? Yeah, um, I'm going to counter this with... uh, this might get into, like, weird conspiracy territory, but, um, while I think the jellyfish character is so fucking cute, I love it, um, Epstein. I, Epstein. <laughs> didn't kill himself, um, I do not, that part of stuff, like, that normalization in the world of society scares me because that is something that is happening now all over the world, and, and in America, too, like, the, um, it's packaged as convenience um but like i am also of the belief that like absolutely all of the fucking alexas and echoes and whatever the fuck is like absolutely listening to you but everyone's nodding and you're like oh yeah totally but it's real Mm -hmm. and people know that it's happening and Mm -hmm. yet they're still letting it go on like they are opting up for this surveillance which is why you're like it just takes a generation and it's true and i don't like this i'm a cute jellyfish i'll help you pick out what to wear amazon literally came out with an alexa that will scan you and tell you 
oh, do you like this outfit? Amazon fits are shit. They don't use fit models. They it's don't. Really bad. And also, it's not just that. It's it's for it's for the market economy. Like it's mm-hmm. for oh, you seem like this and this and this. Here is a list of all these different mm. stores near you that carry. They might like this style. You might like this. Like it's all packaged as this like personalized, convenient sort of thing, and it it scares the ever living fuck out of me. I don't fucking like it. I think mass surveillance is absolutely where we're heading. I don't like it. I think that's a part of it on a smaller scheme, but, like, to the minute details of your life, and they have it so ingrained where, like, you're saying, this time is your <laughs> Wait, pause! Can we talk about the absolutely creepy mascots that are like, everything's okay, you need to go to another street. Oh my okay. gosh, the hollow costumes? Dude, like awesome! I love it. Okay, <laughs> I love it. Terrifying, though. They're just I these love fucking bright-eyed, like, big, like, you need to go to another street. I'd be there. like, I'm tripping you so need to hard. Go to <laughs> you need to go to therapy. Right. Well, it's it's like right. it's like Big Nissan is watching you. Well, and like I like that's the thing, right? Like, there's not any single moment <laughs> when you're not plugged into it. Like, if you the, there's this one shot, I think it's the shot from when um, the the riots are happening in the street, and Akane's team goes straight to the Sybil building because they're like, this is where Makashima's gonna be. Like, this is where he's hitting, and everybody else is like, the riots. We need to fix them first. Even Sybil's like, fix the riots. Don't like, don't come into this break in that just happened in our central office there's a shot where it's looking at the entire building and then when you look at the top of the building it's literally a giant eyeball <laughs> it's like literally like it's Sauron yeah it's literally <laughs> Sauron and so then like that feeds into the fact that there are scanners and cameras constantly in the street there's this little palm pilot guy that's cute and like broken down so that you interact with it and again like it's cutesy what harm can it do bitch that thing's recording you too you know like i was gonna say that something um the way that criminality is dissected in the show relative to how it is in our world um like the difference between constant surveillance and um situational surveillance like, in our world, there is an act. There's a moment that it's, like, some transgression occurred. There's, like, two borders on the start and end of the video. People get to determine inside that, inside those walls, who was in the wrong, who was being victimized. Like, like people can, like, look at a moment and judge from a moment who is the one whose coefficient is off the charts and who is the one who's being, like, it's attacked. Me. that's okay Um, (laughs) Um, but like in in our world because of because we're not in this different you know society we're not in that future state we're approaching it we're approaching it quickly Um, but in their society that sort of uh, the questions of like checking coefficients and who's in the wrong who's committing these acts is always on the table and is always being asked so that like it will kind of I mean the whole idea is to preempt the crimes um just like like the 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 question of like who is a criminal the 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 basis of the question changes when you're always being surveilled versus when you take a snapshot and it's just like we have moments when we are like oh I'm a I'm a normal person except 
this guy cut me off and it made me really angry and you know I was feeling this way that day so like when that happened I you know I wasn't acting like myself and people can mm. be like I wasn't like myself when this happened versus like a statistical self that is formed by a power structure that is always observing you so you don't even get to say who you are we talked about the show being I think more character driven than plot driven yes, at least right initially because like the main plot of the story that takes up like 10 episodes right doesn't kick in until episode five or Which six i didn't even like the first like seven episodes i didn't start liking this show until like episode eight or nine <laughs> okay it is a very Oogie different boogie. show Oogie boogie. Spooky, i like that spooky. Oh, Oogie spooky. Boogie. is that like nightmare Before Christmas? Yeah, yeah 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 well that's yes, like that's like i think okay so i do think this show is constantly ripping off other things like not and like i don't i don't mean to say that as in like oh that this show is plagiarism but i think this show like one of the things that like this show exists to do and maybe this can be a conversation at some point about like what is the point of this show Mm -hmm. um but i think one of the things that's really interesting is like they draw so heavily from literature they draw so heavily from psychology they draw so heavily from honestly popular media and like i think it's trying to be like a very like thrust in your face like this is who we are i'm gonna table my character study because i think that just sparked some things so well like so one thing when i was watching the show was like a lot of these characters felt very derivative like this one person is, like, the bad boy. This one right. person is, like, the hard-boiled cop. This one person <laughs> is, like, the uptight, like, like oh, these are the rules, though. Like, all these characters that if you have, <laughs> if you have the basis of, um, like, if, you've, if, if you already are, like, a textually read, like, you have a lot of different... Uh, media that you have consumed before that you already have sort of ideas of these characters it almost does like a tldr mm-hmm. of all these characters that they don't need backstories because because of the tropes you know who they are because you went to like, liberal arts school <laughs> <laughs> so you know eighty thousand dollars later you know who all these characters are <laughs> but like it's just the sort of thing where like someone can show up and even if they don't have a backstory episode you're like i have a sense of them yeah. And, like, to some extent, they can play with that to be, like, you think you know who they are. And in other cases, it can be, like, no, that's who they are. Like, you, you, you thought they were, like, an asshole. They, they were an asshole. But then other people could surprise you. But, like, that was something that in the beginning I was just like, this is so, fu-. like, derivative. Come on. But, but it kind of plays into the show because just because, like, the ground that they have to cover in 22 episodes, they don't have the time to de- because the team is so big it's not just like two people a lot of anime that we watch it's two people or three people is the core of it mm-hmm. so like this show it's like five or six people are the core group so like we don't have time for that so like a lot of people that a lot of their characters are fleshed out by having been in uh immersed in these worlds previously outside of this particular text did we? Oh, okay. Um, spooky boogie. Spooky, spooky boogie. Um, which I mean, like I, I agree. Like it's, it's, it's twenty-two episodes. Which, like, if you're thinking of like shows nowadays, you'd be like, oh, you could totally tell a story in twenty-two episodes. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind, it's twenty-two episodes where the runtime is twenty-one minutes, like 
four or five of those minutes, which are taken up by the opening and, and the closing song. and closing yes. song. <laughs> and this is one of those shows where you actually like you do. They don't do it every episode, which is weird. Mm-hmm. But there's some mm-hmm. episodes where you literally have to watch until the end of the end credits because there's an additional scene. And so if and one of those additional scenes is that like some of those additional scenes are actually really important. One of them is where Sybil, who or the um, the chief of police who currently has like the brain of the latent criminal who like disappeared three months prior. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. They were like was like looking at the screen and it was right after they had done the the memory drive, the memory cleave, what do they call it? The oh, um, drive recovery, the like I don't know. I don't know. Oh, Jesus. What? Uh, no 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 and it is Josh has sorry. it in his in his notes? It's in my notes. Uh, 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 it's the memory scoop. Yeah, when they do the memory oh, scoop. Oh, when memory they have scoop. Oh my god, that part was really intense. Yeah, like so they do, the, they do the memory scoop on Akane, and then in that same Wait, episode... Wait, that, that was some fucking Evangelion shit. Yeah, I got it. Was. Ooh, that yeah. was intense. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The at the scoop. end of at the end of that episode, those are one of the episodes where you have to watch it until the very end of the credits. Yeah, I mean, because I it. there's yeah, there's <laughs> there's an episode with the chief of police looking at the screen at the picture of Makashima. Meanwhile, that person who has the brain of who was originally Makashima's instructor at one the point, the book guy, the book guy being like we finally found you. And it's like, it's like, there's this like very tiny scene, but it gives you an idea of there's something way deeper happening behind the scenes than what you would have known up until then. This is something that we haven't talked about yet that I, when I was making notes, really wanted to talk about. And I think this goes well with the conversation now. Um, I want to talk about the Panopticon, mm-hmm. which is something that they brought up in the show, and something that mm-hmm. so Foucault. Foucault. So the oh, Panopticon is also something that we used, and I almost in a like very late night almost emailed every single one of you to be like, I need you to look at these notes I Wait, have from I college. Want, I don't know what that is. So so the, so so the Panopticon in the show it's a little bit different, but it, it's so basically the Panopticon is a theory, and I only know it from the idea of. Um, a quote-unquote, like, enhanced workforce, which is literally, like, a pillar in the center higher above ever all of the laborers, which is a completely, almost like a lighthouse where you can look around and you can keep an eye on every single Wait, person. Wait, is that the way the jails used to exactly. be? Yes. Yes. That's yes. Where, yes. That's yes. where... Okay. And if you're looking at it from the from the top, it's literally an eyeball. It's yes. With the tower yeah. being the iris. Well, the that, iris. That was, well, the, that was the prison in Philly. The, the Eastern, Eastern, Eastern State. State. Which is how Sybil is, like you said, that's the eyeball. Although a key core of panopticism under Pen- Foucault. Panopticism. Okay. Um, and discipline and punish. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Um and, and it, that entire book actually goes into both it, relations to this theme of what was the divine right of the king versus how do people judge folks now? Mm-hmm. Which I think is they tie it in in the show when they're talking about literature and Foucault. Um, but 
part of that component is there's supposed to be a person who's able to see and view and understand everything in that circle. Which is the civil system in this show. Which is the yes. civil system. Okay. However, what oh. also occurs is that you no longer know whether a person is there in the tower or not. Because there's a light and coming you, from the tower. Oh, you can't see inside. So you, you can't see you don't it. Know. So you, you are a part of the panopticism as well. And also Correct. So, so you, and it's a part of the gaze, right? When we think uh, about it, because it's, it's how you gaze and view yourself and control yourself. Because the panopticon also, it is what develops self-governing because so, you are constantly correct. worried about surveillance you are also self-governing yeah. and surveilling yourselves and others so you yes. check yourself because you are concerned about other people checking you no, yes well so so you are yeah. you are checking yeah. yourself and others around you and self-governing because you are worried about the like, higher they're looking self. at us so we got so good. we have to so you can't talk to me Ooh. about this rebellion right now because they're watching us kind of thing okay and so they talk about that the the whole reason that that part struck a chord with me when I was watching it because I took a college class on government surveillance mm-hmm. and we had an entire section of our class dedicated to the idea of the panopticon. In a way, it does p- perpetuate the self-governing, the constant fear of, okay, no, 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 you can't say that partially. Maybe it's, you know, a lot of the time hopefully it's because hey don't say that that's because that's wrong but it's Mm -hmm. also you can't lie and say it isn't because it's we have been taught this is wrong you can't say that like it's calling someone out from the community of people are watching us and watching what you say and what everyone else says and so it, it drips into a lot of different ways but this is absolutely a practice and something that's very very prevalent in this series I think this actually dives perfectly into the character study that I was going to talk about was this, I think, is a central theme and kind of like the background story between um, Masoka and Ganoza. And you have Masoka is the father, the 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 old guy, the old guy guy who's kind of just like, I used to be a detective. The hard boiled guy. Yeah, the hard boiled guy. And Ganoza is who is like the the senior officer when the well actually guy. The well actually guy. (laughs) Thank you. The glasses guy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Well, actually. um, And I think what really interesting about them is that not only not only are they like father and son and like mm-hmm. you don't find that out into like a certain part and Akane even is just like goes off on Genoza and is like what the fuck is your problem with with Masoka like did something happen between you guys and then everyone's like oh my god I can't believe you just asked him that because dark. they all know and oh, yeah everyone else knows but she's uh-huh. oblivious exactly <laughs> until later on right mm-hmm. and exactly. I think that self Checking daughter. <laughs> That's my daughter. <laughs> daughter. Oh, this is scary. Um, I think I think the self checking thing actually happens a lot in there because you have Masoka being like. He's like under the radar. Be cool. He's just like Chill he's like. Out. But I mean, he like he like grabs him at certain points, and he's just like, "What is happening over there? Oh my god! I feel like I'm being choked out." What? Is this the show or is this it, Josh? <laughs> yeah, I can't tell. <laughs> I was holding the class. <laughs> wow. I'm just gonna get flagged. Um, Josh's editor flagged. is also Panopticon. <laughs> yes. 
But in a way, like, Masoka's like the, the hard, like the hard-boiled cop. Like, he's already been through this, so that's why he's kind of, like, more laid back and more chill and also kind of being like, listen, I'm already a latent criminal. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, we're going to do what we need to do to get the job done. And Ganoza's like... accepted things as they are. Exactly. And Ganoza's yeah. like, no, this is unacceptable. So you get this, like, weird... With his glasses, he's like, whoop, push it up his nose. <laughs> yeah, and you get this weird sort of, like, I need to put you in your place because you are not only a latent criminal, but you are also wrong. And you allowed yourself to slip into deviancy because you were not doing the self-checking. Well, yeah, and I think the... um, What I do like about the show, actually why I thought it was so easy for me to watch, um, which I think relates back to the beginning, is that it taps into a lot of themes, even like panopticism, queerhood, all of these other things. And yet... It, it introduces it without necessarily feeling like it has to offer a solution or offer a response. It just introduces all of these different facets of, like, there's this punk society, there's, like, all of these underground things, and, like, that's actually just what life is, you know, in any society. And you were talking about what is criminalhood. It, in, under this system, it's if you reject Sybil in a lot of ways. Um, but I do think, like, to your point, you know, there was, it, Makashima's character was like, I'm going to break down Sybil, and how does he do that, but by saying, I'm, this is how I'm going to break down panopticism in a lot of ways, because it's now, he's, the replacement of ethics or empathy has been replaced with, I have to check myself and what I say and do in public, so that when people's hues were completely unread by the system, all of a sudden people were committing violent acts. Um, And they even talk about that mm -hmm. with, like, if the system happened to, like, break down and they would have to start to open their doors to the outside world and allow industry to come back in. Which, 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 okay, episode, I think it was, like, episode 19. I think it was, like, episode 19 where we, because the whole time I was watching it, I, I kept hitting Josh and I was like, What's going on? Is this the whole world or is this right. just Japan? Yeah. Is this the whole world or is this just Japan? And by episode well 19, done. we find out it's just Japan. Just Japan. Yeah. Because that character with like the eyes, the weird eyes, he's like the hacker guy, uh-huh. he's from China. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh. There's Cho Gusung, the guy who like leads the army of the helmet people. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah. So he's a Chinese He's actor. from China. So he's from and you re- and, and, and it's like you find out, oh shit, this whole civil system, this whole thing is just Japan. And Japan has all of a sudden become isolationist again. Mm-hmm. Right, which, you know, in the right, history right. of Japan, Japan used to be very isolationist. And now they are again very isolationist with this whole civil system, blah, blah, blah. Make Japan so, great again. But oh, it, no. But it's also oh, a system no. of, like, the poison and the cure, which I think they directly reference, which is we're self-sufficient. Um, Hyper-oats. Yeah, 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 they got them hyper-oats. Yum, yum, yum. But also, you know, <laughs> that goes into the isolation component, which is a theme of the show, which one of my favorite professors always says, like, uh, being an individual is just another way of living together, you know? It's like <laughs> being an isolationist location is just another way of interacting with the world in a sense and they come into concrete conflict with that under makashima 
to to kind of like start wrapping this up and like also like bring an end to not bring an end to conclude this um this conver- this most recent conversation akane has this line in the last episode where she says the law doesn't protect people people protect the law and she delivers it as she delivers it as like a very positive like revolutionary remark but mm-hmm. when you think of it it's not because if if like obviously we know the law doesn't protect the people <laughs> but yeah. if people are protecting the law air quotes right Mm. it also means that they are able to feed their bias through it and enforce their bias on to others through it which is something that to any level i think in any country has happened where the governing body has used the people against one another medicare for all right now and that discussion yeah how those talking points created by people in the industry are being like about freedom of choice and you're gonna take this away from me Mm. that is that is i'm sorry i love my health care plan i love my doctor but like it it but because it's coming from a normal person Mm -hmm. who is non-political and outside of all of these conversations because it's coming from them then it's more objective or it's like it's like less polluted or clouded Right. By clouded hue. Yeah. I'm sorry, because you want health care and you want to be able to deal with, you know, some cancer bullshit or some like mental bullshit, you you can't have it because you have a clouded hue. I'm sorry. <laughs> that so all of that being said, um, does anybody have any closing remarks on this show? How did it make you feel? Is there anything we didn't touch on that you were really hoping that we could bring up? What let's 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 round table this puppy up. I thought um, it was a disservice that we didn't get more about Kigari, and like they just get vaporized yeah. as a plot point. Mm. I wanted to know because they them. they were so fascinating because they were picked up by their hue being wrong as a child as a and they were the o- they were the only one that was like that yeah. and like and like to be able to like for this system to determine that from such a young age before they're even socialized and we have no history on them we and, have no like abusive parents yeah. orphan like nothing no and that's the thing is like because we have no background like it kind of for me it threw off my assessment of the civil system and how it can determine hmm. people's state because the sort of thing is like if you can read a hue that's thrown off, like is is that because it happened in one moment? Is it because it happened in a longer trend, or like 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 we know nothing about his story to be able to say, yeah, it makes sense that they're we an don't enforcer. know anything about no. history and and like we don't <laughs> and we don't, but like it, it's just like I, for me that's something that I wish could have been explored a little bit more because that was one of my favorite characters. Agreed, right. and they got. They did get told. Well, my thing about Kagari is like, well, I I laughed a little bit because, and obviously this show came out before, but I I saw Bunga Stray Dogs first. Another literary book. Yeah, a very literary Literary show. show, not a book. Um, But but Kagari reminded me of the orange hair guy in Bunga Stray Dogs. They look so similar. Mm -hmm. Even their personalities were kind of similar. But I do think that it was kind of like 
sad that they, yeah, they had gotten picked up so early and they had that conversation with Akane when mm-hmm. they were in the dining hall. Yeah. And like, they were like, oh, what about your test? And she's like, I got, like, perfect scores. And he's like, haha, must be nice. And, like, he's literally been a latent criminal since he was a child. And it's sort of just yeah. like, I don't know, what, did you have ADHD? Did you have, like, bi- like bipolar disorder? Did you have this really basic-ass thing that a lot of kids have that you didn't even get the chance to get medication or therapy or whatever for to, like, help you be a normal part of society? Or how, how the police can treat certain kids like adults yeah and then hey. give other kids it's like awesome. childhoods like isn't that this 17 year old kid versus this 13 year old man yeah. it's right. also really interesting that even in this like quote-unquote utopian society homelessness still exists number one but it also has not even though like you would like think oh psychologically mm. there's a whole bunch of comorbidity with like that like being on that edge of society and then what happens to your like your crime coefficient or anything like there was very little discussed about that portion of the population Mm -hmm. and so it makes me then when we're talking about um about coggery it makes me think about um like really what what was happening there like why did he get picked up as a 5 year old that's someone that i would have wanted the backstory for yeah. too like yeah. i loved i love yayao yeah yayoi's backstory but i wanted his as well like i wanted to see what happened because i remember writing that down again with all of my notes about how fucked up i thought this system was was like how did he get picked as a child and like you were saying mk like is it because he was just, like, fucking ADD? Like, was it because he just had something that, like, clearly he just needed a different way of learning? He just wasn't melding with, like, the rest of the mm-hmm. people in the class? Like, what was it that, that that put him in that mark? And then what you were saying, Josh, like, yeah, that means that they are somehow selecting who gets a childhood and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. And he didn't get one. And it's, like, more than anything, God, I wanted to know how he got put into his label or into his category and the only way that he chose that he could be, have a more or less not strictly comfortable because they, they say in the first episode like don't treat them like people they're more than they're, they're, they're like, like dogs they're dogs they're search dogs or something like that like that's the best option for him is to say okay like I'll choose that for the rest of my life and that will be my path and like you said he gets no choice he's like okay this is my better option and how I can at least live not completely terribly and like human error is a learning path and like in this world it is like this like the wall that comes up against you like you have you make a mistake and your your path is completely halted in the direction you were trying to go which was growth and then it's like we're going to stunt you where you are now we're going to use you to enforce this i like that's just well i think there's also i mean they I, along those lines, I loved the contrast between episode one and episode 22 when you have uh, Genoza giving Akane the, like, welcome to the team speech, and then flash forward episode 22, you hear Akane giving the new girl the welcome speech, yes! and it's almost same situation, and their conversation is 
almost so directly parallel. So good. Except it breaks off at the moment where they talk mm. about the enforcers, where Gnosis like, Wait. these are criminals. These are like these like these they're people. Dogs. Yeah, they're they're worse than actually I think I wrote it down. I had this part where the rights of a criminal is lower than lower class, and part of that is because they're unplugged from the civil system. And Akane, on the other hand, talks about knowing these people because these people are sometimes going to act in ways that you do not agree with. And so you, as an inspector, have to toe the line between knowing morally like morally right from morally wrong i loved that i yeah. loved that ending of seeing her be in the position that gnozo is in and how meanwhile gnozo's right there now yeah. as an enforcer yeah. right yeah. like where did that position get you yeah exactly or wait, what did you say akane senpai akane senpai but she became senpai <gasps> she did i love it well it's, it's so good it's just I personally like Kenosa. I I was just. I liked when off. he took his glasses off. It's like, bish, you got contacts now, <laughs> right? Well, right, he right. mentions he actually they he never needed glasses. He only wore them because to he didn't like, to not look like his dad. What? Yeah. Using technology to separate what? him from, literally putting a barrier between yeah. him and his relationship to his father. Yeah. Jesus Christ! I yeah. did not catch yeah. that. Well, yeah, no, they were in the car, and it was like, oh, like my eyes. It's like mm-hmm. you could see like my father's eyes. I did not want to look like my papa. My papa. My papa. But that's, yeah, I mean, I I just think, one thing I kind of, like, this whole show I kept thinking was, like, hey, if you don't think about your anxiety, you won't be anxious. Ha 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 ha. You know? Just be happy. Ha ha. Just don't think about it. Just don't think about it. (laughs) Well, you know. I, I, it doesn't look into the core or the reasons why people might be unhappy or not like their society or want to rebel against it. It doesn't criticize, like, the civil system is like, this is what it is. It's not, oh, there's homelessness? Homelessness is obviously going to create, like, any type of trauma is usually the gateway into, gateway, you said, you, like, loosely, but, like, your entry point into some type of mental illness and how it relates, I think, to um, Akane in the ending is that she is less like these criminals are the other or something. Mm-hmm. Because I think throughout a lot of it is the way this whole investigator system is set up is the only way you could possibly understand a criminal or an other viewpoint is to have criminals think about it and understand it. And Akane is, you know, too, as much as I'm very frustrated with her character, she's someone that is like, I'm not going to dehumanize the people around me, period. Whereas I do think the villain, Makashima, did that to themselves and others as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, I think Akane realized and acknowledged the fact that events that happen to you in your life can cause trauma, and while trauma can temporarily spike your psychopaths and can raise your coefficient or whatever, um, she acknowledged the fact that it's it can be a temporary 
thing and that you can balance back out. And I think that that was very important, her position of, like, an, uh, essentially a police officer where she's like, sure, this lady's going through it, but she just basically got raped. And guess what? It's a temporary trauma thing and you can work through it. You can go to therapy. You can balance it out. And this also brings up the question, like, you know, temporary in her spike, like, it's obviously, like, you know, it's a trauma, like, she'll live with for the rest of her life. That, yeah. That, like, means, like, she'll have to keep going to therapy and she'll keep having to do it, but, like, it can still be maintained, which just makes me think of, like, if the civil civil system is so... get They, they always talk about progress is towards perfection. Like, we can never be 100% perfect, but, like, we the more we add to our battle brains, you know, we'll be better towards the perfect system where if they were so far advanced how did they not realize that how did the denominator denominators well the dominators denominator. not the denominator how did the dominator not lock on and say like how and that's the thing is that maybe that's why you it's need not a the point there, is that's that you not have the point say, the dominators want to kill anything that true. is a rejection of but that's system. what i'm saying is that's why you have to have a person there that can say no this is temporary but it's also like how is that not how is that not somehow in effect with the technology that they use on a day-to-day basis? Like, if that's just, like, common knowledge, yes, this is a hard thing, and someone's going through distress right now because of the situation that happened to them currently. They do not experience this all the time or frequently. Like, how do they not have that built in? Like, that pisses pisses me off. Like, if this is such a crazy system, and if you've been doing this for so long, you guys are secluded and isolated, and you've been doing this, and living off your fucking hype roads, or I'm fucking bad about it, I'll fucking say it, I'm pissed, but how do they not know that, like, how is that not something they take into account that human beings are gonna be, I don't know, human beings, and have visceral reactions to, like, horrible traumatic shit around them, and, like, we have other people that are desensitized to it, or, or not desensitized, because that means you've, like, seen it too much to react, but people who can't comprehend what's happening, like, how could they not take into account that something horrible that's happening to them could be a temporary thing and not an immediate threat? That's it. I just know. Um, I think, I think that has to do with, in a lot of ways, the fact that they just want to, they want to eliminate any threat to their system. They want to eliminate any threat to their form of social order. And in a lot of ways, like we, we've touched on this already, but kind of to just like bring it full circle and wrap her out is that Akane is not only a virus in the system, but she in some ways is the next step in human evolution. And Sybil recognizes that. And she, they, that's, that's part of the reason why they're holding on to her and why they don't want to eliminate her, even though she is a cog in their wheel to a different extent in the way that Kogame is because they acknowledge they're like, we don't understand you and we're the outliers. And yet we don't understand you. And if we are going to progress towards a more like stable future, as we see it, our big, that of asymptomatic brain, see it right. Um, like we need to learn from you and I think in a lot of ways like Akane is almost a mutation because you have all of these people that are so desensitized where if they even witness crime their coefficients go up and yet she is almost a reversion back to humanity and she's just kind of like 
well, listen, we all have our good and bad days. Like, I I could literally relive my trauma right now on a screen in front of everybody. Who doesn't have a hundred plus day? Yeah. And, And come back and be like, okay, I fucked up. Boom, let's move forward. We have a job to do, you know? Um... I don't know. I don't have anything to wrap this up. I love you all. I think I think the I think if anything could be said about the show is that it is very intense and very there's a lot to unpack in it and it's not for everyone. It's violent. It scares the shit out of me. I love it. <laughs> also, another thing you can walk away with the show is uh, when your friends are acting crazy, you can give them a psycho pass and let it slide. Because <laughs> that bitch is psycho, okay? I've gotten a lot of psycho passes in my life. <laughs> I've been psycho passed. Oh no. Okay. Oh, no. That's part of we're... my psycho past. Alright. <laughs> we're on to the next one. Alright, babies. Is it time to draw? Right. Yeah, let's draw. Let's draw. Let's draw. Has everybody put their yes. um, next thing in I'm the pretty sure bin? I, did. I, I gave did. everyone a slip. So I maybe. definitely did. Alright, well, Luc- Luc- my Luc- slip is gone, so Lucifer. Woohoo! Uh, What's it gonna be? The next show is Neon Genesis. No, who? You wrote that? I did. Oh no! That's a big one, though. Oh no! This is gonna be intense. Oh no! It's congratulations! 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 Congratulations. 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 You would oh, pick wow. me on Genesis. Finally, Griffin will finally watch one with me. It's the only anime he likes. Wow. Oh, hell Wait, yeah. really? Like so I actually much haven't Wait, watched one. My really? Mm-hmm. My birthday wish is that he'll watch My Hero with me. Aww. I mean, there's so many seasons, but I've been telling he him. He has to. He is absolutely morally obligated as my life partner Wait, to do that Wait, how did you me. write that? Oh, that's beautiful. Wow. Loose? My, um, my therapist in high school when um like literally there was like all of these adults trying to like control my life and be like oh you have borderline personality disorder oh you are a compulsive liar this woman bless her soul literally was just like i'm going to give you anime to watch and the first anime she gave me was neon genesis wow well that's what i feel like One thing I saw... <laughs> Me in... as a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, even in Psychopaths, I felt like the, when they did the memory scoop, that felt very Evangelion, where yes. it was just like... you like, And I, I, I don't use this word lightly, but the, it was the whole like mind rape thing, yeah, you know, yeah. that it does come up in Evangelion. mind exploration. Well, like, I mean, Asuka has that whole thing. It, it's intense. Uh, Asuna? Asuka? We'll it's... get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Whatever. It's it, this will oh, this will be my third time watching it, but uh, yeah. it's on Netflix I mean, now. Honestly, to be able to talk about it might require at least three watches. Yeah. I well yeah yeah yeah. I it's mean, like The Sopranos. I mean, I watched oh, I watched it me. I watched it last year <laughs> and then. <laughs> Oh no. We gotta end it there and cut it off. Alright, babies. We'll be back. We love you, babies. We love you. Bye. Oh, uh, uh, also, uh, like and subscribe. Uh, Instagram. What's the Instagram for interaction? Crybaby underscore anime pod. There you go. So, and we, uh, at me. We're gonna, we're gonna make a Twitter? 
We're gonna make a Twitter. We're gonna make yes, a Twitter. Um, we, we, so we have, we have an Instagram, we're working on a website, we're working on a Twitter, that's about it. We're yeah. working on Keep. other merch. I promise the body pillows are coming, just stop asking about stop them. Stop asking we'll us. It's just, we're Also, if you see us out in public, totally feel free to come, like, say hi. Hey. Hi, baby. <laughs> Not me. Right. Bye, baby. Hi, baby. Bye, baby. Bye, baby. <laughs> <laughs>